Welcome back. I'm here today with Gary Boomer. Gary is the founder of Boomer Consulting, one of the top consulting firms in the United States for the accounting profession, as well as Gary's been listed for a number of years as one of the top 100 influential accountants in the uh, United States. So, Gary, welcome to today's show. Well, thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Gary, for the, for the audience, can you give a background history of what brought you up to where you are today? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, and a little bit of this goes back to where I was born and uh, the fact that I was raised on a farm. I think a lot of those values and principles and the work ethic that I have today really go back to my parents and the fact that I was born in a rural area. Uh, I'm from Kansas. I uh, have four brothers and one sister. Uh, and I like to say I work probably harder from the age 15 to 20 than I have the rest of my life. But um, uh, I'm also a twin, and I have a twin brother that's a veterinarian. And so when we went to school, people asked, well, how'd you get interested in accounting? And I said, well, he was at one end of the alphabet with veterinarians. So I said, I'm going to be at the other end. So I picked accounting as a major. And then I said, that's a great platform to use my entrepreneurial skills. So uh, today we have a company that primarily works with the largest 500 firms in the U.S. and some in Europe and Canada. And uh, we focus on making them or helping them continue their success and sustaining that as well as being future ready. So it's kind of a balance between firm management and technology. You know, in the in today's world, we're in a river of technology flow and 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 you need to always be at the forefront of, you know, looking where the future is going with the profession. And and where do you see that today? Well, it, it's changing much more rapidly than it has in the past. Plus, the accounting profession is getting disrupted, just like any other small business, with automation. And it's automation of all types of things that accountants used to get paid for. For example, entry of transactions, not just preparation of tax returns and compliance, but taking that data they have access and using it to predict what's going to happen in the future, using uh, data mining and regression analysis, things like that, in order for us to remain relevant, we really have to provide different services than we have in the past. Now, I guess the other, the, the flip side of it is the uh, accounting profession, although the world is changing quickly, they tend to be the late adopters. Yes, and even with technology, and uh, I didn't have a lot of training in technology. My education was really in economics and accounting. I have a major uh, in uh, accounting, master's degree in accounting, but I also have a minor in economics, and I actually learned more from the economics side. And just as I was graduating technology was getting big in the accounting profession. So I said, I have to know something about this. So I took a class in Fortran programming. And I tell people that knowing Fortran is like knowing Spanish, but being sent to Munich, absolutely <laughs> worthless. But it did teach me about how technology works, how data flows, logic analysis. And I think that's been a real advantage for me in my career. 
when a when a person's thinking about a, a career in accounting today, uh, what advice would you give them and how to best prepare? I think it's a great platform because to be innovative, you have to have some hindsight. And we get a lot of that in accounting of the data and the transaction that's already occurred. The second thing is insight. What's that really mean from a performance? Uh, and then from the foresight of how's this going to impact you three, five years from today and your clients. And so I think accounting is a great platform for that. But don't limit yourself just to the what's happened in the past. You know, I guess looking at the past is not a good predictor of the future. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we see the change in technology that is so rapidly happening. You have uh, a lot of automation and, uh, and, and there seems to be a shift from what used to be a manual process is now moving and being replaced with technology. Um, you wrote a book on uh, the, the three P's of people, process, and procedures. Yeah, it's actually people planning and processes. And I think those are the formula for success of any small business today. Technology is the accelerator, and the goal is to grow your business. So how do you plan? How do you employ the right talent? And how do you make your processes as efficient as possible? Gary, I need to take a quick break, but when we get back, I like to go into these three P's, the uh, process, the planning, and the procedures. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages. can't take your wealth with you, spend time with your family. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Gary Boomer. He's been listed among one of the top accounting consultants in the profession, as well as the founder of Boomer Consulting. Gary, in the first segment, we left off with talking about the three P's of, of, of business with the process, the planning, and the people. And um, I'd like to spend a little bit of time in that, that area in the approach of how that all impacts the scaling of companies and businesses and getting everyone on the same page. Absolutely. And this applies not only to accounting firms, it applies to their clients. Because if you think about it, accounting firms are small businesses. Most are under $50 million in revenue. Uh, of course, we have some that are in the billions, the big four, and then we, the top 100 firms breaks at about 35, 36 million. So it's a very uh, large industry that is comprised of a lot of small businesses. And when I got into consulting, I was really coming in from the management and the technology side, but I said, there has to be something more here. And what is it? What are those skills? And Everyone says, you know, it's a people business or a talent. You have to have talent development. So HR is very important and not just the attraction, retention, the development of those people. Uh, then second, if you don't have a plan and know where you're going, it's, it's tough to get 
people to chase that vision and they really have to buy into the vision in a small business. So that's a leadership issue. And then finally, if your processes aren't efficient, it's going to be difficult to compete. So the people times the planning times the process is generally the uh, uh, formula for success in most small businesses. You know, American Dreams will often work with the uh, entrepreneurs who are out sitting to try and solve you know, and, and most of the time, the successful ones, it wasn't about the money, but it was, it was like solving a problem or solving an issue. Uh, you know, and, and part of that, and when they're trying to solve the problem or the issue and, and scale a company is getting everybody on the same page. Um, when you're working with companies and emphasizing these three P's, how do you how do you get everyone aligned under the firm vision? Well, that's one of the real challenges of a small business and why they often bring in the person from the outside because it's more obvious when you're outside the business looking at it after you've interviewed and talked to the key players what they're really trying to accomplish and if they can't communicate that effectively to their employees and to their customers and do it fairly succinctly and concisely then they probably aren't going to be successful. We, we determine success generally by profitability, but that's a result. And that's why they buy scoreboards in athletics. And that's really the scoreboard we go by in business world. So in the, uh, is there a, a starting point you would uh, advise companies when they're trying to get everyone aligned with the vision that, you know, some type of approach or process to kind of get the mindset outlined of who's on the team? Well, uh, initially we said the strategic planning process. And when most people hear that, they think about hours and hours of work and documents that people will put in a drawer and probably never refer to again. And I've had some experience working with some of the larger athletic departments in the country. And there you have coaches and and people in administration that don't want to spend a lot of time in the planning process, but they're used to doing game plans. So we based our plans on a one-page game plan, much like athletic teams do. And therefore, you get people on the same page with the same objectives and get it down on paper. If you don't ink it after you think it, it generally doesn't happen. You know, when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at driving the vision, oftentimes people are going to come with different levels of commitment. Yes. How does accountability p- play into uh, execution? Well, if you define your vision and the results are different for the vision you're trying to go after then accountability is the quickest way to get to that new vision. And and, uh, there's a great book out there, Change the Culture, Change the Game. And it's about how everyone has experiences in their life. And most of those experiences drive your belief system. And once your belief system is there, then that determines your actions and your actions determine results. So you can't just start at the top of the food chain and say, you're going to change your actions and have that stick for a long time. Now, Gary, I'm, I'm running short against the break here, but 
When we get back, I like to jump into the Lean Six Sigma model, which you're often using with companies today. Sure. I'm visiting here today with Gary Boomer. He's the founder of Boomer Consulting. We'll be right back after these messages. I love fishing, you know, with my family. I think it would be easier to use a net. It was so much fun. The times when we are together, it makes it all, all the more worth it. Having Dad teach them how to, like, cast a fly rod and... As long as we're doing stuff together, we're having fun. Some people see a father and his son fishing together while others see a succession plan. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Gary Boomer and founder of Boomer Consulting. And Gary, before the break, we're talking about the three Ps, the planning, the process, and the people, and, and how that plays in the business. And, and, and now the, na- the game changer is getting companies into more of a Lean Six Sigma model. And uh, for the audience here, what is Lean Six Sigma? Well, Lean Six Sigma is really two things. Lean is how you drive efficiency out of your processes. And Six Sigma is how you attain quality and reduce uh, the errors in your processes. And you try to drive those errors out at the lowest cost, not in accounting. One of the things that we have are reviews at the high level and certainly a partner review. Well, if we can drive those errors out in the process so that by the time the work gets to the partner, it reduces their time and we're much more efficient and we shorten the cycle time. And by cycle time, we're talking about how long it takes to complete an operation. So if you're doing a tax return for a client, if you can get that in and out the door in a short period of time, the client's going to be happier and you're going to be more efficient and uh, more profitable. So that's really the principle behind it. I first learned about it when I went to India looking at outsourcing. Uh, I knew about it in manufacturing from my uh, background in accounting, but I had never seen it really applied in the accounting industry. So over the past 10, 15 years, it's become very popular. Yeah, change management's never easy within the organization. And right. and what's the quickest way to get people to change? Well, I, I don't know that there's any quick way, but normally you have to inspire them with a vision. And I think one of the best ways to do that is think ten times. So it's about your thinking as much as anything. So if I think I'm a company of 10 million, what would I do if I were a company of 100 million? And the answers come much easier when you think about 10 times than they do about 10%. And you can even say, well, I know we're not going to be 10 times, but the answers are still the same, even if you're only growing 10%. So it's that thought process and it's tricking the mind into thinking bigger that really helps small businesses get to what their objectives are. So there's 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 the mindset that the natural instinct, some people are saying, hey, I'm okay changing, I'm a futurist, <laughs> and others are like, no way. Uh, how do you reconcile those two, you know, the, the people that resist the change, the people that want to go? Well, people are motivated differently, as you know. And so I say if you're going to remain successful or become successful and future-ready, then you have to probably look at your mindset 
your skill set, and your tool sets. And oftentimes people want to focus on the tools, the technology out there, but they don't want to change their processes. Or even more common is, I know we need to change, but Alan, you're the one that's going to have to change. I'm going to stay the same. And that just doesn't work. We have to be open to change. And the companies that do the best with this seem to be based on the leader who says it's okay to change. And we'll make some mistakes, but we have confidence in our people, our plan, and our processes that if we make a mistake, we're going to fix it and we're going to get to a next level. Is there a is there a crossover point with the size of organization which the the processes will then replace the entrepreneur and and drive a company to a larger level? Well, I think the entrepreneur is still the one responsible for setting the vision and communicating that vision, but the reason the processes are so important is that you can't scale the business without the process. Uh, an individual if they're not willing to collaborate and be a member of a team, it's going to be difficult for them to scale their business. The rugged individualist will only get you to a certain level. So uh, size-wise, you know, is it uh, 10000000 million, 15, 25? Is it, you know, when when is it, you know, because obviously the, the, the vision can be cast, but, you know, I once had a, a, a guest on here, uh, a partner of Bain & Company. He says, uh, he says, I like to work with companies from 5 to $15 billion on strategy. He goes, because if I get bigger than $15 billion, it's kind of hard to get the organization to change. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking at that level. But at some point in time, there has to be where the processes are so imperative in order for you to continue to scale that, it, it, it you know, they're if they're not placed, the company's not going to go anywhere. Well, I think that's absolutely true. You have to define your target clients where your solutions have the greatest impact so that you'll both be successful. And we've done that in the accounting industry. You know, there's 45,000 CPA firms in the U.S. Our target market's the top 500 firms. And when you look at it in those perspectives, that's a pretty small market. But that firm that's, and we use the rule of fives, which are really firms over 5 million, firms that are in the top 500, um, those are all good prospective clients because they have enough organization and resources and they're willing to hire someone from the outside and come in and help them with that analysis. The other thing that we learned is that peer communities are very important today. And we like that because as consultants, you can be on the road all the time. So how do we get the peers to share their information? And you really have to do that on a national, not a local basis. So we have peer communities that are focused on anything from technology to managing partners of the firm to HR directors, CIOs, and they meet together in groups of 20, 25 people and we can bring in access to expertise that they wouldn't have as individuals. So I think that's a very important part of what we do, not only the consulting, but the communities, and then the learning. I believe in lifelong learning. I always have. I like to say that who you'll be in five years is determined by the books you read and the people you meet. 
And I didn't think that at a younger age, but now I know that's true. So, Gary, uh, individuals that would like to contact you, what's the best way? Well, one of the best ways to learn more about us is to go to boomer.com. I was fortunate to have a pretty good last name. It's easy to remember. Um, And the other thing is my name is lgboomer at boomer.com. So don't hesitate to go to our website or send me an email, and I'll certainly respond to you. Been visiting here today with Gary Boomer. He's the founder of Boomer Consulting. Gary, thanks for being on today's show. My pleasure. 